Y'all go ahead and have a seat and take a Bible or take your Bibles and turn to uh, Luke 2. Luke 2, we're going to read verses 22 through 38 passage, but as you're, uh, you're getting to it, uh, you know, Christmas, I mean, we're still in kind of 12 days of Christmas. Christmas is all about God comes uh, to us, God comes to the world, and I love to see uh, the connections in Scripture. Because uh, the Christmas stories that we remember, Jesus comes to the common person, the shepherd. He comes to uh, the intellectual or the skeptic. Skeptic meaning like someone who doesn't know what's going on, doesn't really believe, not sure. The wise men, uh, they were not men of, of faith. And then he comes to the religious person, whom we're going to look at today, a guy named Simeon. And when I say religious person, uh, I'm not meaning a Christian, uh, I'm meaning a person who feels like they get saved by how good they are, uh, and we can have a lot of religious folk uh, running around uh, today, uh, in our, even in our churches. What's interesting is, if you look at, and we're not going to look at the scripture, but Jesus' resurrection, uh, he also comes to a common person, Peter, comes to the intellectual or the skeptic, Thomas, remember the story, Thomas didn't believe. He said, I'm not going to believe till I see and touch his hands and his feet. And he comes to the religious dude, Paul. Paul, who was earning his salvation through how good he looked, how beautiful he was. So whether you consider yourself a commoner uh, or an intellectual or skeptic uh, or you're real religious, Jesus comes to you, he comes to us all. So today we look at him coming to uh, this man named Simeon and also a lady named Anna. Luke two twenty two. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord. A pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout. Waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. That he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. Coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who are waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. 
All right, now this is a story that happened right after uh, Jesus was born, or really around 40 days after he was born, that uh, many of y'all may not be familiar with. But what does it tell us? What does it show us for our lives uh, moving into uh, the new year? And I'm going to come down today. It's going to be. Y'all mind if I come down? Not that you're going to say no. But anyway, I'm going to come on down here. And um, what does it show us today? It shows us several things about several different people, different types of people, uh, some of whom are, are like us. First, it shows Mary and Joseph. Mary and Joseph, um, it shows their obedience. Uh, their obedience in the face of many questions. You know, I hit on this uh, Christmas Eve night that Christmas is a lot about mystery, and our Christian faith is much about mystery. I mean, we know the who, God, but we don't always know how, even though we say it's by the Holy Spirit. And even though we don't always know why, even though we say, well, he did it for me, uh, Mary and Joseph here, I mean, that, they're still like, man, what is going on? I mean, we've seen angels, we've had shepherds come to us, uh, you know, this baby, I mean, I know he's God's son, but what does that mean? What is he going to do? I mean, there's a lot of mystery here. And in the midst of their questions, in the midst of the mystery, they were obedient. How are they obedient? Well, they brought Jesus to Jerusalem. So they've left Bethlehem going to Jerusalem uh, to dedicate or present him to the Lord as it was the custom. And they they were Jewish of their faith, okay? So even though they didn't know everything, uh, they were obedient. Uh, and, and I encourage y'all uh, and challenge us, myself too, that even in the mysteries of life, uh, to be obedient to the Lord. Uh, even when we don't know what's going on or why is this going down or why have these bad things happened or why can I just not get it together to walk in obedience and the Lord reveals. They even, and this is pretty interesting to me, they were so obedient, they continued to give to the Lord. Now, I always say that there is nothing like extra in Scripture, nothing just thrown in. All of it, which I love about the Bible, connects and should make sense if we take time to understand it. And it just, you know, so Luke didn't just throw in a pair of turtle doves. I mean, he wasn't like trying to, you know, begin that Christmas song, I don't know, that, you know, that we may or may not sing. He wasn't trying to do anything like that or trying to be sentimental. He was saying they were being obedient. You're like, how are they being obedient? Well, when you presented your child, your firstborn, you would offer a sacrifice. And usually people who had a lot would sacrifice a lamb. A lamb. And this is saying, see, Mary, this is saying Mary and Joseph, they didn't have much. They could not even afford a lamb. They could only bring two birds. If they still did. Still brought to the Lord. Still was obedient. Uh, in the midst of thinking, what's going on? Why is this happening? They went, uh, they gave. Gave. Now, it also tells us some about Simeon, and also Anna, but we'll, we'll get to her in a minute. See, Simeon was, it's not trying to offend anybody, but it, was just, it is what it is. Simeon was an old man, okay? You know, we say wise and wisdom. Simeon was an elderly man, as was Anna. And the Lord chose, in his providence, not to have Jesus presented to the rich uh, or the powerful uh, or the young and up and coming leaders in Jerusalem, but to these two elderly people. 
And what does that say for us? Uh, Now, whether you are advanced and wise, or whether you are just starting out, or you're in college, what it says is God is never finished with you. Okay? Because see, what often happens in our life, we, um, uh, we have crisis happen, uh, we lose a job, we wreck a career, uh, we get in the midst of addictions, we go to rehab, we lose a loved one, we lose a spouse, uh, we just get old. And look, I'm getting old, I mean, I'm getting white already. Uh, I say it's hereditary, it may just be pastor and plant the church. We get old, we get old. And we're like, man, my life is done. If you are breathing, then God still wants to use your, your literal breaths. He's not done with you. I like to say it. There are no accidents in Christianity. If your work, if you're a Christian, and your work on earth is done, God calls you home. So if we're still breathing and walking, God has something for us to do. And, and I love this. See, like Simeon, he waited. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Again, another way, like, you know, skip over the consolation of Israel, blah, 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 blah. Consolation literally here means comfort. He was waiting to see the comfort of his people. Jesus calls the Holy Spirit the comforter. Are you waiting to be comforted? Uh, Are you blue this season? Thank God you're here. You have the comforter, the supernatural comforter, the Holy Spirit. But more so, I hope you hear him say, because he does, like, I'm not through with you. I'm not done with you. No matter what you've been through, No matter what you're going through, no matter what you fear, I have a plan and a purpose for you. I said this on Christmas Eve. You're like, man, I am in a mess. I've been through messes. Let God turn your mess into a message. That's what he does. He did it for Paul, did it for Peter, did it for David, did it for Moses. He turns messes into messages. And... If you think your life is over, if you think your best years are behind, and I'm not going to look at anybody here because, you know, I'm not talking about anybody. That's not true. It's a lie of the devil. God's got, God's got plans for you. I also want to focus in on Simeon because look at a couple things here. It says, the Holy Spirit was upon him. I actually like some other translations. It says the Holy Spirit rested on him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. Verse 27, he came or he walked in the Spirit. And for you to hear God's purpose and plan, you've got to be in tune with the Spirit. So thankful you're here today. So thankful Chris got us prone to worship, to listen. God speaks in the silence. Sometimes you've got to shut it all out. Let the Holy Spirit rest on you. Let the Holy Spirit reveal to you where you can can walk in the Spirit. Well, so what would he say? You're like, does he he have a crystal ball? Well, yes, but he may not reveal to you the crystal ball. But he will always say what we just sang about, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Go to Jesus. Because Simeon says the same thing. Holy Spirit rested on Simeon. Holy Spirit revealed to Simeon. He walked in the Spirit. And look what he says. Now my eyes have seen your salvation. What were his eyes looking at? The child, the baby, Jesus. 
that you have prepared in the presence of all people a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people Israel. Again, I want to highlight this. We can just we can skip over this whole passage. Say, ah, you know, this is just kind of this is like ceremony. It's it's really nothing for for my life. That's not the Bible. It's not God's word. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people Israel. Uh, that verse. See, if you're here, and I, I guarantee there's somebody here who does not know Jesus, he is light. Jesus be light in darkness. Jesus came as light into a dark world. We talked about it last Sunday. The world's really dark. I threw out some stuff happening in our world. I mean, when we say, you know, light came to a dark world, it's, I mean, it sounds like a cliche. I even have said it as a cliche. It's true. I mean, the world is like really, really dark, but Jesus is really, really light. And so when you don't know Jesus, he is to be light. He's light. But he's also, it says, glory for Israel. Like, what does that mean? Is that just like tradition? No, it's for those of us who, who love Jesus, who have given our lives to him, who have committed. And that doesn't mean be pastor or missionary guy or gal. It just means, Jesus, I'm giving my life to you. I know that whatever comes, you know, you'll walk me through it. You've got a plan. When we see others find the light, it gives us glory. As in, like, we're giving glory to God. It's glory. Like, Jesus did this. Jesus did this. Jesus did this, church. Jesus does this worship service. Jesus does your life if you're in him. It's Jesus. It's not for us. It's not about a person or a group of people. It's not even about Paul or Peter or even Mary or Joseph. It's about Jesus. Give him the glory. When others see the light of Christ. They're saying he's light. He brings glory to God. And now, now look at this. It says here, when his father and mother heard this, so Simeon's like preaching to them now. They marveled. Other translators say that they wondered. Like, they're still like this mystery. Like, what is going on? What is he saying about our child? Joseph, you know, is like, I mean, you can, as a guy, I mean, you can't imagine what Joseph is thinking. Like, man, you know, am I, am I a caretaker? Am I dad? Am I, you know, what's my role going to be? I'm just trying to take care of Mary here. And he's saying all this about it. So they're marveling and wondering, what is this deal? And then Simeon really, like, brings it down, preaches to them, and he preaches to us too. This is the most important thing. You may have skipped this all through your life. If you took time to read this passage, Simeon then really hits it home. He says, Behold, this child is appointing for the fall and rising of many in Israel. For a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. He says a couple things there. First, he says, because of this child, because of this man who is God, uh, many will fall. Many, many will fall. You can say, well, they'll fall to worship. Uh, yes, uh, they'll fall because maybe they turn away from him. Maybe they don't receive him. Yet many will rise. Our mission say raising leaders. Rise. Rise with God. Brother Kenneth here. He's still trying to look like Santa Claus, dressed in red and everything. This is a man who has risen at this church uh, with his parents. But this family has risen. Jesus causes us to rise. He'll help you rise. He also says, though, Thoughts from many hearts will be revealed. Jesus will 
bring our thoughts out into the open. Uh, maybe to a loved one, maybe to a small group, maybe to a friend, maybe just to the Holy Spirit. Jesus is not going to come to you unless he has your heart. Uh, the longings and the deep, dark secrets is what repentance is all about. It's got to have your whole heart. It's not just a cliche. It's like give him your heart. Give him the dark corners. Let him bring light to it. The thoughts will be revealed. He says, a sign that is opposed. Many oppose Jesus. They crucified him. Many oppose him now. Uh, we, as Christians, as the church, I mean, we got it good here. You know, Christianity Today this month said, is this the end of Christianity in the Middle East? That was a cover story. Persecuted, kill. People oppose Christ. There will be opposition. Jesus says, you will have persecution. And then, and I think this is most important, he said, a sword will pierce through your own soul. Mary jo- he's talking to Mary Joseph. He's also talking to us too. A sword will pierce through your own soul. What does that mean? A sword will pierce through your own soul. Well, well it can mean for Mary and Joseph, one, you're going to suffer. And they did. I mean, they were suffering at that point. Like, you know, this is a blessing, this child, but what's going on here? What does this mean for us? I mean, we're poor. We can't even, you know, buy a lamb. We've got to get a couple birds. I mean, what's going to happen here? Think of how they suffered just, think about how Joseph suffered in, in even raising Jesus. I mean, there, there was joy, uh, but knowing, hey, this is, you know, I'm, I'm pouring into him, but, you know, he's got this deal, this anointing, this, this power. Think about Mary. Mother's here. How you love your child and knowing that not only would he just like, you know, leave to go off to college or go off to find a career, but like not knowing what's going to happen to him, the, the internal suffering uh, that she had. Uh, Joseph died uh, in history before Jesus was on the cross. Uh, Mary wept at the foot of the cross. So uh, those of you moms who have children, she, she had to see up close and personal, I mean, her, her son, who she gave birth to, uh, killed in, in a brutal, brutal way. And so Simeon is, you know, the Holy Spirit is revealing this. He's like, There's going to be a piercing here. Jesus will bring you suffering. Um, You know, Jesus brings joy. Jesus brings blessing. But all of us who follow Jesus know that he entails some suffering. I I believe through the suffering, uh, we grow more. Again, there are no accidents in Christianity. So things that happen to us, whether physical or emotional, dark nights of the soul, man, Jesus is always light. Whether that means we have to lean on God to get us through it, whether it means that we got to repent because, man, we're just so, so burdened by our, our sin. I mean, there's going to be a sword. There's going to be a sword. Now, now here's the good news. Uh, the sword is not a bad deal. Jesus is like, hear me on this, Jesus is like a surgeon. A surgeon. we got, we got some doctors in here. I'm not going to call you out. But surgeons, hopefully are trying to bring life, trying to heal. Jesus is the great physician. He is a great surgeon. Like, what do you mean? Jesus cuts. He comes in with the sword. You're still like, what do you mean? I said this earlier. There's a cancer in all of us. It's this gig called sin. And Jesus wants it out. And, and he preaches to us by the Holy Spirit, by his word, by his church. He's like, I've... I've got to heal you. You've got to let me go in. 
And so there is pain at first. There is pain when you realize you're angrier than you ever thought you were. There's pain when you realize you're greedier than you ever fathomed. There's pain when you realize you have more lust in your heart than than you ever have shared with anybody else. There is pain when you realize, I mean, how prideful you are, what an egomaniac you are, all of that stuff that we hide. And she said, no, you got to see it, man, or girl. you got to see it. And you got to let me cut it out. You're like, well, how does he cut it out? Well, the Holy Spirit comes in, into our hearts, and reveals it to us. And that's part of the process. And we have to let him. You have to open up. It's like, man, go, go to town. Go to work on me. And then it comes to repentance. And that can happen like in your seat or in your couch or, I don't know, sofa or whatever or love chair or your bed or on the altar or to a friend. Repent, confess, and say, Lord, I need you. And I said this, Chris, Steve, when you want grace, all you need is need. All you need is nothing. You let him in. And then he begins this healing process. And you begin to believe that, hey, I can't, I can't do this deal on my own. I don't have to let you come in, but to, to keep me healthy, you got you to gotta live here. It starts at repentance. It leads to revival. Revival. What is Revival is life. A dead person come to life. Jesus is the great physician. Jesus is a surgeon. He comes in. He says, you got to let me. you got to let me cut it out. And it will revive you. It will bring real life, true life, full life. A sword will pierce your soul. And then it closes, and I'll close with this. Anna, I'm not going to leave her out. Prophetess, who spent all day and night at the temple worshiping, worshiping, praising God. Fasting, prayer night. It even says, you know, her husband had died and she lived as a widow. She's devoted to the Lord. And then she began to give thanks to God, speak of him to all who are waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. I'm always interested, you know, Luke goes through this and then he ends with Anna. You know, again, nothing is random in Scripture. He doesn't put, you know, I could have probably closed with that sword piece. Luke could have probably closed there. You know, it's, to me, that's powerful. He just adds on Anna. But see, she's not an add-on. There are no add-ons in Scripture. He's showing a person, a life, who is in revival, who is experiencing revival, who has had the surgeon go to work on her, who has allowed the sword to come in and healing to happen. And now there's revival. See, there's joy. It's not a bad gig. She's joyful and she's not married. She's single. And she's been single for a long time. Her end all be all is not another person, a relationship. What defines her is not a man. It is the Lord. It's not saying you got to be single, but I'm saying for her, that was her deal, her gig. And she's worshiping and she's telling everybody about God. And that's what I want. Honestly, for my life, for our life, that doesn't mean be a preacher. That doesn't mean be uh, a prophetess, although the Holy Spirit will give you things to say. That doesn't mean be a worship leader. It doesn't mean be a missionary. It means experience revival in your heart. But to get to revival, it doesn't just happen. You have to let God go to work on your heart 
you know, come in and he'll pierce your soul. He'll reveal things to you. But it's called repentance. It's called letting him in, giving it to him, and he'll heal you. He'll heal you, and then you grow to joy. And you say, look, look at what has got, look, look at what God has done in me. Don't you want that? Like, I, I don't want you to have these spiritual cancers. I don't want to have these spiritual cancers. But it, it does take some letting God in for the Holy Spirit to flow out. And, and a lot of you just want the flowing out, and, I, and I'm calling us, as we move into this year, I'm calling us to, to repent. I mean, whether you use these altars or your chairs or at your home, go to God. You know, we still, we, we so try to be filled with gifts, toys, um, relationships, uh, lust, uh, addictions, uh, alcohol. I mean, pick your poison. And we're like hamsters on a wheel. Give your heart to the Lord. Let him come in. Let the sword come. It'll lead to revival. I want that for my life. And honestly, my wife can tell you it needs to happen every week, okay? That's why we ask you to come to church. For revival to happen, you turn to the Lord. You let him in. Let him pierce your soul. And you become new. And he's the healer. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, man, I, I just, uh, I know the burdens a lot of folks have. I know um, how folks can come in here and, and either be thinking about the last party or the next party uh, or what they did get or what they didn't get uh, about how we can be burdened by um, the cancers in our life. Um, pride against people, towards people, uh, anger, bitterness, Bitterness to those that, that we may even love or be called to love. I pray that we would all see. I mean, you, you give us the answer in your word over and over again. It's to come to you, to be obedient, even in the mystery. It's to believe that you're never done with us. And it's to open our hearts and let you in. And you reveal things to us. But you cleanse and you heal and you bring about revival in a life, revival in a church, revival in, in a city, in the world. And so we pray for that. And I pray for these people as we take communion that they would open their hearts. Uh, they would begin to see that uh, the things that they think uh, fill them uh, from parties to excess, even to good relationships, uh, never fill us completely. But you will and you revive us. So revive our spirits now as we come to your table. Take communion in Jesus' name. Amen.